Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Uh, today we're market update time. So all the research that Melinda's been doing behind the scenes um, to give her an up-to-date information on what's happening in the Brisbane market. Welcome. Yes, welcome back everyone and I'm super excited to bring you a breakdown of the data. There's been some more scary headlines in the media yet again about the Brisbane market leading price growth across the nation. You know, if you've seen those headlines, as I've always said, um, you need to actually be very wary of relying on headlines because it's the granular data that matters most and um, that's the reason why we are producing this podcast on a weekly basis. We're helping you understand what we're really seeing throughout the city and what we're experiencing by being on the ground, but also unpacking that data to be more granular because, you know, I can guarantee you what's happening in all of Greater Brisbane um, varies depending on which part of Greater Brisbane you might be actually looking in. So um, today's podcast will provide lots of content in relation to the latest market details, what we're seeing and what the data is reporting. So I've got an interesting question, um, and I know that you do all the uh, the research on the um, information that we give our, our listeners, but when they talk about, you know, the prices are falling and, and you see these headlines that, you know, one one group comes out, say CoreLogic comes out with a certain amount of data, and then there's another information coming from, say, um, PropTrack, where it's, it gets confusing sometimes in that you get one lot of information from one, and, we, and we'll talk about this later on, even with things like auction clearance rates. Because, you know, we get people give out one lot of information, there's a certain amount of clearance rates and then others are so much different. What do we rely on? (laughs) Yeah, look, obviously having a background in research, the reliability of data is something that I'll always actually question. And in fact, this month there was some really surprising differences in the information that was reported by CoreLogic and the information that was reported by PropTrack. And I actually went to the effort of trying to contact the um, research providers to get some more granular information in relation to what makes up this data and why is it so different? Because if everybody's reporting on the same thing, the data should be consistent, but the reality is it's not. Now, unfortunately, at this point in time, I haven't had the answers that I'm looking for, but I am going to keep chasing this up because, you know, there's a lot of people that rely heavily on property data to make decisions about investing or um, you know purchasing and if your data is inconsistent or not reliable then you're just not um, able to make those those informed decisions so you know our job is to overlay the data with what we're seeing on the ground and that is what provides our clients at streamlined property buyers with more confidence because it's not just what the data is showing it's it's what we're reporting by being on the ground and I think when you're turning up to open homes on the weekend and you're counting the number of people that are inspecting or you, you're getting an understanding from the agent of how many people are inspecting a property and then you translate that to how many offers are going in um, or how many people are turning up to auction versus how many have registered to bid. Um, that's the sort of more granular data and more local knowledge data that is matters most in a market where, you know, there's some uncertainty about what's happening um, at a, a more broad level. And, and I think it's interesting as well, just, just as a reminder to people that, you know, even though we talk about, you know, being a Brisbane property podcast, but we, we cover and the information we talk about through this is generally Greater Brisbane, which is an enormous, enormous footprint. And, you know, we've got Pauline in our team here at Streamline Property Buyers that does a lot of 
research for us and breaking it down to suburb by suburb. So we do break it down a lot closer and a lot tighter than the uh, the general, I guess if you want to call it, information on Greater Brisbane, which is what we talk about when we talk about obviously supply, demand, dwelling values and things like that as well. So it's breaking it down into those suburb by suburb reports that we do in-house here as well, which which gives us a little bit of an advantage. And if you've not already tuned into last week's podcast episode where we interviewed Kent Lardner from Suburb Trends, I do encourage you to listen to that episode because that really breaks down data into more granular um parts or more granular bits of information and it talks a lot about the compositional bias that exists and there's some fantastic resources um, that have been provided with that podcast as downloads. So if you haven't already tuned in, I encourage you to do so after listening to this episode. It will help you to understand which regions have compositional bias and which do not hear a compositional bias, I'm sorry, and which don't here in Brisbane. Yeah, that was a, that was a good chat with Kent last week, actually. So yeah, definitely have a have a listen. So, market supply. Look, I think that um, the supply of properties really is determined by the number of listings that are available for sale. Before we get into listing numbers, I do want to just point out that. Um, Since our last market update, obviously the federal budget was released um, and the the government announced this this national housing accord and the whole aim of this is to address supply and affordability issues Um, and it was announced that 1 million new homes would be proposed to be built. Um, They'd be constructed over a five-year period commencing in 2024. Now, you know, whilst that's great that there's some new housing um, supply that potentially is coming, the reality is that the proposed new supply is actually no different to the housing that has been delivered over the past five years. So regardless of how it has been presented, it's not going to really change a lot from what's been delivered in the past. So um, we've then got to look at, you know, what's the, the supply of local dwellings look like here in Brisbane And that's a combination of, you know, are there new land estates that um, are being built? The reality is there's not a lot. Um, And if you loop back to a recent episode recorded with um, Ray White's special projects, um, Andrew Andrew Burke, Burke, uh, then that will provide you with an overview of that that longer-term supply pipeline here in Brisbane. But in terms of what we're seeing right now, it comes down to listing volumes Now, during September, if we look at that sort of information, new listings were down 13.3% according to PropTrack data, and that's compared to the previous month. So we were seeing fewer properties become available for sale. Um, That's a decline of about 6% compared to 12 months earlier. Um, But at the same time, whilst we're seeing a reduction in new listings, we've actually seen an increase in total listings. So up 12.3% compared to 12 months ago. So fewer properties coming to the market, but more properties staying on the market for longer. So a decline in new listings and an increase in older listings or total listings. So we've actually seen five consecutive months across Brisbane now where total listings have been increasing. So it does mean that the choice for buyers is starting to improve. However, what we are finding is a lot of those properties that are not transacting or not selling, and therefore they become part of the total listing volume, they either have an issue, meaning that they're not desirable or they're on main roads or they might be flood impacted, just as an example, or they may have a seller with unrealistic expectations that's not willing to meet the market. So 
of course, understanding why the total listing volume is increasing is also very important. Um, and one thing I will say is that despite the fact that total listings have been trending higher over the last 12 months, when we compare the current volume of total listings here in Brisbane, it is still down compared to the long-term trend. So when we look historically at what um, properties are available for sale, uh, we're still well down on our long-term trend right now. So supply is still compressed in the current market in Brisbane. And, and if I look back to what you were talking about with that million, million properties being um, completed or, or houses being completed, and we talk, and we went to a seminar last week where they were talking again about that, like you mentioned with Andrew Burke, about new areas and new subdivisions being con completed. With the, with the pressure on construction the way it is at the moment as well, that they're really struggling to actually build these new estates. Um, you know, people people have probably bought land packages that the land can't actually be presented or developed at the moment because you know they're still struggling with supply for not just pipes but even as little as gravel, getting mm -hmm. gravel to actually do that. So they're really really struggling to complete these new estates and these new land subdivisions. So that's going to put pressure on that so-called you know, million properties that get developed if they actually don't have the land to build them on. Mm, and they can't get the services to that land to, you know, generate those vacant land blocks. Um, if we look further at supply at a, you know, more granular level, I just want to say, whilst I've just quoted all of the listing volumes um, for Brisbane as a whole, when we get down to a suburb level, there's different things happening in different areas. And I've got some data here just to really demonstrate that. So, when we look at the change in new listings on realestate.com.au year on year, there's been a huge increase in the number of new listings in some suburbs and a huge decrease in others. So, for example, here's some um, suburbs where new listings are have significantly increased and that's Park Ridge up 190% year on year, Oxley up 82% year on year, Greenbank an increase of 77% year on year. Sandstone Point, an increase of 70% year on year. And Russell Island, an increase of 67% I hope you got a boat. year <laughs> on year. And look, that's just information taken from PropTrack listings reports um, completed at the end of September. But on the contrary, so opposite to that, we can look at the properties that have had the largest decline in new listings. So this is where supply is really compressed. So Collingwood Park down 63% year on year of the number of properties available for sale. Hawthorne down 58%. Kelvin Grove down 58%. Sunnybank Hills down 52% and Turinga down 52%. You can see when you get down to a suburb level um, that it's very different in specific suburbs and different parts of Brisbane. And I think that's why it's so important not to rely on the overall trend of big data, but really get granular and understand what's happening at a local level, because that's going to help you to determine what that local supply and demand metric might look like. So if we move on to the, the demand side of it, and <clears throat> we are saying, I mean, look, when I, when I touch about on the ground later on, we're still seeing good numbers in good areas. But overall, what's the market demand looking like? Look, I think that a measure of demand is, you know, median days on market. And what we have seen, according to CoreLogic data, is that the median days on market across all of Brisbane has almost doubled in the last 12 months. So, 
for buyers agents like us, um, you know, at Streamline Property Buyers, when we are working with our clients, that's actually um, a big relief because it was a very reactive market and a very fast moving market 12 months ago. Um, when we look at what was happening in September 2021, properties were listed online for just 15 days. And you might recall through our podcasts previously that um, a lot of the time it might have been listed for 24 or 45, uh, 48 hours. Um, but the, the days on market number of 15 days was an indication of when the property was an unconditional sale. So just just give people a bit of a heads up on that one. When we're talking about last year and early this year, you know, as Melinda just said, a property could be listed on a Friday and it's sold on Saturday afternoon. Mm. Things were happening that quick. It is it is a little bit, it's probably a slower moving market, I guess, now mm. um, in that when properties are listed or we, or we hear about those properties, we've have got a little bit more time to do more work, do more research, talk to the clients and possibly even that negotiation stage where it will drag out a little bit more, a bit, little bit longer. Absolutely. A little bit more of a normal market probably. That's exactly what it is. It's a more normal market. And in fact, the CoreLogic data confirms that properties are now taking 28 days to sell. So an increase from 15 days 12 months ago to um, 28 days now. But I will say at the same time as we've seen this increase um, in the median days on market, we've also seen sales volumes change very little. So sales volumes are down only 2.4% across the last 12 months. So there's still a similar number of properties um, selling. Um, it's just that people have a little bit more time to make the decisions around their purchase and that's coming through in the data as well. And it's certainly something that we're seeing for some properties, not all properties, but for some properties that um, are listed for sale. And, and I think you'll find a lot of buyers out there are probably a little bit uncertain, um, obviously with interest rates, inflation and things like that. They, they're obviously making buyers, their confidence levels are not really high um, and they're a little bit uncertain, I think, in, in what they're doing. Um, and how the market's performing. They're wondering, is it the bottom of the market or, or how is it sitting? Yeah, people are trying to time the bottom of the market and I don't know how um, they do that or what indicators that they're looking for because, you know, unless you're out seeing what's happening on a week-to-week basis, um, you know, it, that's that's very difficult to predict. Now, what I will say is that, um, you know, history shows markets can turn very, very quickly and by the time data shows that a market's turned, um, usually we're well ahead of, you know, the bottom of the market, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting to see that a lot of people, even in conversations that we're having, um, are saying, you know, has the market bottomed? Is there still buying opportunities? When do you think that prices will recover? Look, no one can answer those questions. And as we said, um, there's no bottom of the market for some types of properties. And in fact, in Brisbane, some types of properties have not actually declined in value. They've actually continued to increase in value. So we're in a normal property market right now. Um, and therefore, it's property specific in terms of whether prices might be going up or down. So we jump on to auction clearance rates. Something I want to probably throw in there before you throw all the data out. <clears throat> but I, a local um, real estate last week, I think they had eight in-house auctions um, sold all eight. Um, I did see on the weekend, and we, we'd interviewed and we've spoken to Justin Nickerson from Apollo Auctions um, a few weeks ago, and he, he was up in his social media. He was up around that 65, 68 percent of clearance rates. What, what's everything else telling us? 
Look, when we look at the domain auction clearance rates here in Brisbane, and if I'm referencing the first three weeks in November, the clearance rates have varied between 34, 35 and 37%. Anyone looking from the outside in at those clearance rates might assume that it's a really flat market, lacklustre perhaps, um, buyers are not interested. Um, when you examine some of those numbers, there's um, a lot of auctions that are not reported. So whilst there might be a higher volume of auctions scheduled, if they're not reported, they don't become part of that, that data. Um, also, what I'll say is that um, having been in attendance at a lot of auctions throughout Brisbane in the last few weeks, um, certainly through the last few years, but um, specifically talking about the most recent data, we can see that there's a lot of active bidding on properties and there's registered bidders there prepared to pay uh, market value. But sometimes those auction clearance rates are a reflection of the seller's uh, ability or inability to meet the market. Now, if sellers have expectations that are that's ahead of the market, a property will pass in and it will be obviously influencing that clearance rate. If a seller is prepared to meet the market and where there's multiple registered bidders and that bidding activity stalls, um, as I said, that's not an indication of the fact that the buyers aren't there willing to pay. Sometimes it's an indication of the fact that the sellers are not willing to let it go at the price that the market's prepared to pay. So an interesting reflection, but auction clearance rates definitely have been lower according to domain, not so low um, according to some agents and auction houses that are keeping their own data. And, and as, you, as you said, it does depend a lot on the vendor whether they are prepared to meet the market um, or they're ahead of the market or their expectations are a little bit higher. Um, and that, that does have a massive influence. But as, as you also said, auctions that we've been attending, there's multiple people registering and, and bidding. So there's definitely buyers there. Um, maybe it is the seller's side that's having a big influence on those results as well. So um, if we jump into dwelling values. So as we know, dwelling values um, reported are the headline data that we typically see in the news headlines. Now, according to the CoreLogic Hedonic Home Value Index up to the end of October, the Brisbane median dwelling values declined by 2% throughout October. So this actually equates to quarterly falls in the median value of dwellings of 5.4%, um, even though the annual gain, according to CoreLogic, is still 8.4%. So um, that gives an indication of the fact that we had such strong uh, growth over the last 18 months just prior to the current um, change in, in consumer behaviour, and that's caused the most recent um, changes in that median value across the last quarter. So did you have also... Um... Pro, um, PropTech actually had some information on that as well. Yeah, so we talked back at the beginning of the episode about the difference in what the CoreLogic data is showing versus what the PropTrack data is showing. So the PropTrack home price index showed Brisbane dwellings declined more slightly than the CoreLogic uh, data showed. So PropTrack said that the um, change in Brisbane dwellings throughout October was only 0.9%, so quite big difference um, compared to what the core logic data showed. So again, be careful of which um, information you're relying upon and um, overlay that with your on the ground experience to understand what's selling and why. And what segments of the markets are we seeing have the, have the biggest change? Again, we can break that down. Core logic data shows the price segmentation by different percentiles. So the top 75 or the top 25% of property values um, 
up to the end of September in the three months um, showed declines of 6%. The middle segment of the market, so the middle 50% of property values around the median value showed declines of 3.8%. And the bottom part of the market in Brisbane, the bottom 25% of property values showed declines of only uh, 0.6%. So again, these are representative of dwelling values. So all units and houses are mixed in together and uh, the composition of what's selling could actually be influencing that there when we break it down by houses and units. So let's break it down, the housing market. Absolutely. So when we look at Brisbane house prices, um, over the month of October, a decline of negative 2.2% showed in that core logic data. Um, And so when we compare that to the 12-month change, um, Brisbane houses are still 8% higher compared to this time last year. So Brisbane houses are definitely um, the segment of the market in terms of median value changes that are taking the brunt at the moment. Um, It's a little bit different in the unit market, which is definitely showing a lot more resilience in that median price change. And the median value for a house, a dwelling uh, in Greater Brisbane, $817,684. So that's a house price, not a dwelling price. So that is correct. Sorry, houses. Yeah, and I think that's important for people to understand. That is a median value of a house across all of Greater Brisbane. Yep. So um, there will be 50% of house values above that and 50% of house values will sit below that. And um, unit market? So the unit market across the month of October, according to CoreLogic, declined 0.9%. So quarterly change of 1.2% down. Um performing a lot better than the housing market. So an annual change in the unit market still positive 10.7% in Brisbane. So definitely strengthening the unit and townhouse segments of the market. Remember, they're all classified under unit uh, data, but we're definitely seeing strength in that market. And I'll get this one right. The median value of units, mm-hmm. $494,785. That's right. And again, that's across all of Greater Brisbane. So don't assume that you can buy a unit in New Farm for that price. Um, that that captures um, 50% of values um, or units that sell will be above that value and 50% will be below that value. So we're jumping into the rental market, and this is interesting for the investor side of things. Um, I think that there's a bit of a shortage, obviously, on as we as we all know, on on properties to rent. Um, anything at the moment that is vacant um, is not vacant for very long at all, probably a day or so. But um, vacancy rates. Look, it's just no surprise to anyone that the the vacancy rates in Brisbane are really tight. They've remained unchanged, um, still at zero point seven percent, according to SQM research. Now. The reason vacancy rates are so tight is simply there's a shortage of supply and there's strong demand. So if we look at some of the latest lending figures, it shows that the share of overall lending to property investors has been below the long-term average since mid-2017. So there's fewer and fewer property investors um, entering the market um, in Queensland and certainly in southeast Queensland and Brisbane. And this contributes slowly but surely to the supply challenges in the rental market. Um, We've also reported previously about the number of investors that have actually sold uh, their properties in the last two years. And this has come through in PIPA, the PIPA research, Property Investment Professionals of Australia. So the number of properties that have been available is shrinking. Um, And that's all contributing to low levels of supply in in the Brisbane property market. So the listing numbers are very, very low and obviously vacancy rates extremely low. Yeah, if we look at vacancy by different regions, for example, Uh, Beanley, um, it changed from 1.5% vacancy in September back down to 1.3% in October. 
The Brisbane CBD has remained unchanged, sitting at 1% vacancy between September and October. East Brisbane remained unchanged at 0.9%. Same with inner Brisbane, 0.9%. Ipswich got a little bit tighter. It was sitting at 0.8% vacancy in September, and that's reduced to 0.7% in October. Uh, North Brisbane, it's remained unchanged, still sitting at 0.6%. So very, very tight uh, market in North Brisbane. Southeast Brisbane, it's um, declined from 1% vacancy to 0.9% vacancy um, in October. Southern Brisbane declined from 0.9% to 0.8% between September and October. And finally, Western Brisbane, it declined from 0.8% to 0.7% between the months of September and October. So you can see their vacancy remains um, at record or historical lows across most areas within Greater Brisbane. And look, you can get even more granular than that, looking at the vacancy rates by suburb. And there are still a number of suburbs that are sitting with vacancy of less than 0.2 or 0.3%. So, you know, that's critical. There really are not a lot of properties or there's simply not enough properties available for the demand that, um, that we're seeing. And, you know, with fewer property investors that have been entering the market in Brisbane, um, at, at the same time as more and more people relocating to southeast Queensland as a whole, um, you can see why we've got this pressure on our rental market. The international borders are open. We've got more and more overseas migrants relocating, but we've also had that huge spike in interstate migration um, off the back of COVID um, and the pandemic and border shutdowns. So, you know, we're really uh, pushing in terms of the stress on that rental market. So I, I guess from the investor side of things, when you look at you know, you're buying a property to rent it out and, you, and you've got those very, very low, tight vacancy rates. Listing numbers are down. Obviously, the um, the rents that people are paying, obviously, there's an increase in rents. Yeah. So, I mean, for an investor, that, that's obviously ticking all those boxes. Um, there was a bit of an increase, obviously, in, in, the, in the rental side of things, obviously. Yeah, annual change in median weekly advertised rents in Brisbane leads the nation. So compared to every other capital city, Brisbane has had the greatest increase in rental price changes. I know just from um, our own investment properties that the volume or the, the range of increase has been anywhere from probably 15 to 25 or 30% um, increase in, in the rent that that has been charged simply not because property investors are greedy, but simply because there's a lack of supply. Um, and remember, prices in the rental market are also driven by supply and demand. If I look at the listing volumes in the rental market, total rental listings in Brisbane are down 22.7% year on year. Compare that to the number of potential renters per listing, which has jumped 25.9% across the same period. So you've got a much lower number of rental properties available for rent and a much higher volume of people looking at every rental property. And that is why we are seeing rental price growth happening. It's got nothing to do with interest rates. It's simply due to much higher demand than supply. So if we jump on the ground um, and not only midweek, but definitely on weekends, our team, um, the whole team from Streamline Property Buyers here in Brisbane are out and about seeing what's actually happening on the ground. I guess as a bit of a summary, um, obviously, as we talked about, the pace and the transactions and that sort of thing has definitely slowed down a little bit. Mm. Um, houses, probably 1.8 to 2.53 mil. Um, there's good high demand on them. Mm. Um, owner occupiers, obviously, looking for quality. Owner occupiers, yep. The, the Millering, some inspections that we've done, Millering area, we've seen large groups, like up to 50 odd groups through some properties. 
Um, so really high demand there. But but in saying that, in other properties, there's very low demand. Yep. I think it's it's very property specific when you start to move to to middle and outer ring locations. Yep, suburb and property specific, definitely. Correct. In a city area, um, look, we went to one one of our team went out on the weekend. Twelve groups within the first four minutes was reported. That was at a unit. That was at a unit. Um, so really popular there. Auctions definitely we're still seeing multiple um, registered bidders and people bidding. Um, I, I guess one of the biggest things we're probably seeing at the moment is, and, and this does reflect the, the construction and the building industry still, which is actually from a lot of people that I've been speaking to, builders and people involved in construction um, who I keep in contact with, that sort of thing is actually starting to settle down a bit. Um, we've seen prices on timber reduce. I was actually speaking to an architect and designer today. Um, they've seen some reductions in reinforcing. Um, and that side of things. So there's a little bit of pressure starting to come off it. Um, and I think that construction industry is going to settle. But people tend to be off renovators mm. and properties that need work to do. So anything that is uh, newly built or renovated and presented very well and you can move in and live in it, very popular and seems to be the flavour at the moment. And I'd also add will sell quickly um, when it's well located. So for a new build property or for something that is um, freshly renovated or very well maintained, um, we are seeing a number of buyers. We are still seeing multiple offer and we are seeing those properties sell quickly. The alternative is when properties need a little bit of work, they're out of flavour. Um, when buyers see quality, they're moving quickly. If there's any objection at all, whether that be noise, layout, um, impacts such as, you know, um, train noise or traffic or um, nearby flood areas, anything that has any impacts, buyers are treading with much more caution and taking a lot longer to make their purchasing decisions. So it's a two-speed market, absolutely. Um, a lot of townhouses and units in quality inner city locations are selling very quickly as well. Um, so really, we're, we're in a normal market where quality is still in fairly high demand and is selling um, fairly quickly depending on the specific pro property and location. Um, and then there's other properties that have much lower demand because buyers are and have become more particular about what they're willing to compromise on. Um, and therefore, we're starting to see those sorts of properties sit on the market for longer. And um, a lot of the time when we see sellers' expectations ahead of the market, we're also seeing those properties being pulled from the market and they don't become part of the transaction data. So I think overall, we're seeing a normal market. Um, the median value is a reflection of what is selling more so than the, the fact that every property in Brisbane might be moving in the direction of that median value data. And that's why you need to be so cautious about relying on that, that larger volume of median value data. Fantastic. Well, that's another market update um, for the month. Hopefully that's some good information for everyone. Um, if Look, if you're out there looking for a property in need hand or whether it's a home or an investment property, reach out to the team at Streamline Property Buyers. We're always here to chat. It's free to talk. So um, always happy to chat to people and help them out if we can in any way, shape or form. So um, as usual, I'll let Melinda wrap it up. Until next week, thanks very much for listening again and bye for now. Thank you so much again for tuning in and I hope you have enjoyed this Brisbane property market update for November. As always, if you've enjoyed this content, please share the episode with your friends and family. And also, if you do get a chance, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. 
We look forward to speaking with you again next week. Until then, bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.